0: Yeah. This is Pastor uh, Jolly John Lekomsky, uh coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota.
1: And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, coming to you from, as always, <laughs> St. Louis, Missouri, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church.
0: And, uh, you know, we usually start with some humorous notes, but we're not going to do that uh, this morning, uh, because we want to deal with a rather serious subject. Uh, the the uh, tragedies, the shootings that have uh, afflicted our nation over the last month. In fact, it's kind of a scary thing to say, Matt. That uh, it might have been there might have been more. <laughs> we recorded this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and who knows what's happened between then and now that we're airing this episode, uh, Matt? Let's just start off by asking, what, what are your response to that? Have you see? And I haven't had to deal with it publicly because I'm retired. But have, have you referenced those things in your sermons and stuff like that? Or how has the church as a whole responded to that?
1: Sure. I mean, I think this is, you know, as, as a pastor, I think that we have to uh, respond in some way. We, we shouldn't just ignore those things that touch the lives of so many people in our nation, and our community, and in our congregations, too. Uh, so whether that's in the form of our preaching or Bible studies or certainly our prayers in worship, Um, We need to respond in some way. And I think for us then as the church, as pastors, as God's people, to be able to respond in a Christ-centered way, in a way that looks at these events through the word of the Lord, the, the truth of Holy Scripture, that's unique. Because there's all these different voices right now in the media and in our world and in our neighborhoods uh, that have all sorts of different opinions. But really, what does God's voice have to say? What is the word of the Lord? How does God speak into all this? And I think that uh, that's only found in the church, right? That's only found among the people of God. And so, uh, yeah, I think this is an opportunity for us to to remember the words of the Lord and to to look to Him uh, during this time. Now, that doesn't mean we don't serve our neighbor. That doesn't mean we we don't help communities that are in need. We we take action too, right? Uh, but um, to to be able to dis, to have that distinct Christian witness in the midst of tragedy is uh, so very important.
0: And, and and I agree with you. Obviously, we we need to be loving our neighbor. That's what uh, that's the fruit. Of our faith, but but like you said, the question is: well, what is what is all this? What's the meaning? Why is this happening? Uh, and, and to those things, we can only look to the Bible to to give us answers. And that's what I'd like to do this morning, Matt. Uh, in fact, it's kind of strange how this connection uh, came about. Uh, I was preaching and, and doing the text that we have on the uh, Sunday after uh, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, uh, which is a portion of the uh, sermon that Peter preaches. Uh, on Pentecost Day. And it has a, an interesting ending. Uh, if you wouldn't mind reading that, uh, the, of course, the whole thing is in Acts 2. But for the moment, just read verse 33, if you would that.
1: Okay. Acts 2, verse 33, uh, where uh, it says, uh, "...being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing." So of
0: course this is the 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 promise of the spirit, but what struck me is the word uh, that Peter uses there, uh, this poured out. Uh I was thinking, why does he just say the spirit was given? Our God has delivered to us the spirit. Why, why does he use this very graphic word poured out? Uh, and and the thing is, he uses that word because that's the word that the old testament used. Uh just like you and me. He he wants to stick with whatever the scriptures have to say. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. how did how did you remember how Peter begins his sermon? Do you remember the scripture passage that he quotes there?
1: Uh, yeah. So on the day of Pentecost, he quotes the prophet Joel. So he goes back to the Old Testament scriptures.
0: Yeah, and, and Joel is the one that actually uses the word about the Spirit being poured out. Uh, and and so you know how it is with me. I I I've seen an interesting word. I, I, go, oh, I wonder what's that all about? Why does he use that word? I did a little explora- exploration, uh, and, and you know the English word. Can have two senses uh sometimes it's a very uh, very polite neat sense like may i pour you a cup of tea sir? And, and of course we have the nice little uh, our you know china cups and we we have our wonderful little uh teapot with its little spout and we can just pour that so nicely into the cup not too much you know um but you we know, sort of this sense in the english of pour. Uh, where where it's really kind of a messy thing. Um, so so it's raining, right? And what do we mean when he's, when we say it's pouring down
1: rain? Oh yeah, it's just a downpour, right? Uh, raining cats and dogs. We're, we're getting soaking wet. Um, it's it's coming down hard. Yeah. So all
0: of those phrases, just like you had raining cats and dogs, soaking wet, and, and it's pouring down. Uh, and it's interesting when you study the Bible. Uh, as you indicated, that's what we need to do. What's the Scripture? That's the sense that that word is. It's it's never the polite, neat sense, but it's always a sense of oh, almost chaos. Um, let me give you a couple of examples. You got your Bible handy there, Rand?
1: Yeah, I sure do, John.
0: Uh, so so read uh, what what uh, Jesus says in Matthew nine seventeen. 17.
1: Okay. Uh, Jesus says, Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed.
0: that, that but, that's, that's good enough right there. What okay. word do you think is actually the same word we have in our text, the word for poured?
1: I'm thinking that the bursting word. The yeah, skins yeah. are burst.
0: Yeah, and, and that's a very messy thing, right? If, if that like, yeah. Can you just imagine that? If you had a whole skin full of wine, all of a sudden it breaks open, and the wine's going everywhere. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting— uh, this is a kind of a, a rather gross example, uh, but it's also the word that is used for when uh, Judas dies. So from Acts, oh yeah, 18. I know you got to jump a little bit there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Can you read that one?
1: Yeah, it says, "Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he there's that word. He burst open in the middle, and his bowels gushed out."
0: Yeah, so and again, that's not neat. I can't imagine that was neat. No, that's, again, a really messy thing. Although that's what I thought was really unusual. The word poor, the, the most often context that that word poor is used is in that context, in the context of death, in the fact that the context of, of, of murder. Uh, another Old Testament passage, Isaiah 59,
1: 7. Okay, uh, their feet run to evil. And they are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Desolation and destruction are in their highways.
0: Yeah, they are swift to shed, literally pour out, pour out innocent blood. Um, And, of course, I'm a, a, a fan of all the crime shows. And one of the things you learn when you watch the crime shows is murder is always a messy thing. Uh, yeah. You cannot stab someone without getting blood on yourselves. And, of course, there's the proverbial arterial spray. They always talk about the arterial spray, and the blood's <laughs> all over the place. Uh, um, so I want people to understand that that's the sense of the word poor. When you read the word poor in Scripture, there, as you said, it might be burst, it might be spilled, it might be shed, uh, but it is always a messy thing. It's it, it, it doesn't make any distinction. It just splashes over everybody. Um, and what's scary is is this word "pour" is the word that's used for God's wrath.
1: Oh, when God, okay. when
0: God lays out His wrath, He pours it. Uh, in fact, there's a passage in the Old Testament where it says that God pours out His wrath. Uh, for our purposes, though, there's that that the words used in in Revelation. Uh, man, I'm making you jump around. I'm sorry to make you
1: work so hard, Matt.
0: But <laughs> Re- okay. Revelation sixteen one.
1: Okay. It says there in, in Revelation 16. Uh, then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, "Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God." Yeah, what you mean there, John? And
0: and, and you know, is the image of bowl neat there too? Because if I have my little teapot, it's easy to control the pouring, right? But have you ever tried to pour something out of a bowl? <laughs>
1: <Now> that's messy. <laughs> <laughs> spilling and slapping all over the place
0: and and see that's the thing we need to understand about the wrath of God uh the wrath of God is always it's a messy thing uh, splashed out like you said it just gets spread who knows where uh, we would like God's wrath to be very specific right very clean very very clear-cut um you know that that, that fellow who killed those kids and those teachers, in Texas. Now, now we'd be all right with God sending a lightning bolt and, and just knocking him out, right? Killing him. Yeah. Or and that other fellow who killed those uh, people at that grocery store in Buffalo again, if God would just kind of lay it on to him, lay yeah, he would put the wrath on him. Uh, and, and I don't want to get political, but this whole thing with Putin over there in Russia, and, and, and maybe it'll come out. Maybe that he really has a good reason for doing what he's done over there. But uh, right now, it just looks like he's another autocrat trying to expand his his territory. And so he we'll wouldn't mind if God just put his wrath right on Putin. But in all those instances, he you knows that the wrath has splashed all over the place, hasn't it? It has literally been poured out. Yes, indeed, the guy who killed those people in Texas, he, he's dead. The wrath fell upon him. But sad to say, it also fell upon, what was it, like 21, I think? students and and, and yeah. teachers yeah. uh and, and the fella in buffalo he's been caught and he will face the wrath of god he's not going to get away with this but unfortunately there's been uh, the number that died there and the same thing with putin uh, um i'm sure things will be settled with him but in the meantime the wrath of god has fallen upon the ukrainian citizens ukrainian soldiers and even russian soldiers themselves um so any comment you want to make about that, I think people just need to realize that when when the, when the wrath of God comes, it, it's going to be appalling. It's not going to be so nice, clean, and neat. We're just only the bad people are going to have the uh, wrath falling upon them. It's going to fall upon everybody.
1: Yeah. So Thoughts, Matt? Yeah. yeah, well, I think, especially that Revelation verse, you know, pointing us ultimately then to, to Christ's <laughs> return, you know, the last day. And you know, when we see those examples, when it, it feels like, boy, the evil are just getting away with evil acts, and there's really no recompense, no justice. I think Putin's a, a good example right now. It seems like, oh boy, he's he's getting away with this, uh, with the the murder and, and killing, you know, really of, of of civilians and the war crimes. But on the the last day of Christ's return, we have we have that promise uh, that that God's wrath will be poured out on. Uh, those who have rejected him, those who are apart from him. Uh, so even if we don't see that happen today with our own eyes, right? Um, we know that in the last day, no, uh, yeah, God, God will pour out His wrath, um, and uh, those who, you know, are apart from Christ, uh, they, you know, the the King will say, "Depart from me <laughs> into that fire." Um, so we we know that too. Even if we again don't see that. Uh, in our lifetime, even we know that 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 is to come,
0: and 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 of course, as Christians, uh, we uh, we have an answer to this this point of wrath. Uh, you know, Jesus Christ Himself says he says that, you know the rain falls upon the righteous and the unrighteous, uh, so it shouldn't surprise us. Uh, and, and we understand that that actually there is no one who is righteous. That that that's the problem. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what Paul yeah. says? No, no, not one is righteous. You know, Paul says all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, the wages of sin is death. Uh, and, and and so, yeah, no one could say, Oh, well, I don't deserve the wrath of God. I don't deserve to die. We all deserve to die. We all deserve to be under the wrath of God. Uh, and, and therefore, when we see tragedies like this, and, and I don't know, it seems like we've lost that in our time of day because our, our ancestors they knew right away how to respond to these these very terrible tragedies. Uh, and it's exactly the response that Jesus Christ advocated. Because you know, Jesus saw tragedy in his day. Right? And he saw people that were brutally murdered, uh, even as they were worshipping. Can you imagine that? They were doing a good thing. They were worshipping God, and Pilate came and shed their blood. Uh, and, and then, of course, there were the common tragedies, too. The falling of a tower uh, in, in Jerusalem. And Jesus' answer was, well, uh, what you need to do is repent, lest you likewise perish. Uh, in fact, I, I, I remember reading this thing from Abraham Lincoln because he had two two times, I thought that was eight, two times, he had a proclamation that the whole nation needed to to repent. Uh, and it was interesting. He didn't say the South needs to repent, the slave owners need to repent, but he called upon the whole nation. Uh, to repent and, and and pray to God. Um, I'll, I'll read you the quote, whereas it is the duty of nations as well as men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God to confess their sins and transgressions and humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon. Um, and, and so it seems to me, Matt, that there's two reasons why God allows these tragedies to happen. One uh, is just that, because we all need to repent, Matt. Uh, I think we do get too comfortable. We begin to think, oh, this isn't a bad place to be, uh, but it is a sinful world, and we're sinful people, and, and it's not going to get any better. Uh, I'm not saying, as you said earlier, we shouldn't try to do things to make it better. Of course, we should, at the love of the neighbor. But we have to realize no, no, uh, as you mentioned earlier, no, Christ has to return, that uh, things need to be totally recreated. So so we have that. And and then we also have the other promise you mentioned, too. That for those that don't repent, uh, the wrath of God will mean their end. Uh, Right now, uh, God is being God when it comes to Putin. And and God is a God who is slow to anger, a God who is patient, a God who is long-suffering. But you're absolutely right. If, If Putin does not repent, that wrath will fall upon him, and it will be his end. Uh, that that's exactly what's gonna happen. Well that would be a great episode to end there, wouldn't it? Isn't that depressing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, John. This is I this kind of of and God. <laughs> and
0: the only thing you can do is just repent. Uh, um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I was I was gonna say too, John, you know, I think of uh the words of the litany um in, in the hymnal and you know, where you would cry out, Lord, have mercy. And I think that's you know part of repentance certainly is uh, recognizing, Lord, just have mercy upon us, you know, in and of ourselves. There's nothing we can do uh, but just forgive, have mercy, and uh, to come to him, like you say, in humble repentance.
0: And, and thank you, Matt. See, it's actually built in to to our worship. I, I, I don't know, and, and I don't know, I imagine you're like uh, our churches, but we start by making confession of sins as well, you know, uh, in fact, Luther in the Ninety-Five Thesis said that repentance is—that's what it is to be a Christian.
1: Uh, yeah, a life repent. of repentance. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I want to go back to what what Washington said uh, about genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon. Because here's the other thing that's neat about that word: pour out. It is the word that is used for uh, uh, God's wrath, but it's also the word that is used for God's forgiveness and God's mercy. Uh, In fact, Jesus uses that exact same word when he's given the people the Lord's Supper. And I bet you can remember what what I'm talking about, can't you, Matt, where Jesus uses the word poured in the Lord's Supper?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, even, you know, the words of institution themselves, right? You know, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins.
0: Yeah, so there it is. Uh, At at the same time, the God of wrath is poured out. This this God of mercy and forgiveness, that's poured out uh, as well, as Jesus says, for the forgiveness of sins. In fact, if you could give us just one more passage, how about Romans 5, 5 through 10? Yeah.
1: Okay, Paul writes there, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life.
0: Yeah. Don't you love that? Now that we were saved by him from the wrath of God. Yeah. Uh, So the wrath of God is poured out, but at the same time, the forgiveness of sins in the blood of Jesus Christ is poured out. And, And the neat thing is that pouring out is more powerful than the pouring out of the wrath of God. In fact, it undoes the the, the meanness and the nastiness and the death uh, of the wrath of God, and and replaces it with well, with eternal life and 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 salvation, which is why repentance is so important. And see, if you just look at these tragedies and think, oh, those are just odd tragedies; they have nothing to do with me, nothing to do with my life. Well, then then they are truly useless, worthless things. But when you realize, oh, yeah. This is, this is what happens. We're in a sinful world. We're sinful people. But guess what? Uh, the blood of Jesus Christ undoes all of that. Uh, in fact, I was thinking, uh, this just came to me this morning, by the way. I was thinking about uh, the pouring out of God's wrath in the 10th plague.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, so, so, so just tell everybody, because I think most people know, but in case they don't, what, what happened in the 10th plague?
1: Yeah, so the, this is uh, taking place when the Israelites are uh, about to leave Egypt, right, leaving slavery in the Exodus, and there's 10 plagues, each one showing that God is more powerful than the false gods of Egypt, and that very last plague uh, is the the death of the firstborn, uh, and the, the Lord gives instructions that to be saved from that plague, to be saved from that death, uh, to uh, kill a lamb, and then to take its blood and to put it on the doorpost of the house. And then the Lord will pass over those homes, and those inside will be spared.
0: And and so, see, again, that wrath is going to be splattered over everybody and everything, the animals, too. Yeah, the firstborn first of the of animals. Yeah. However, it is possible to avert that wrath of God by faith and by the blood, see? That can undo the wrath that really is supposed to fall upon everybody. Uh, But again, uh, and and so it is for us, uh, through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, through his blood, uh, the wrath can be averted. Now, the death is still going to be there, and and, and that's necessary because our bodies are sinful, and they're not going to get any better. But thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ, even that death will not be an end of things, but it will be the beginning of a new life. And, and new forgiveness, and and to kind of complete this idea of the pouring out. And again, the sense is that it's not, it's indiscriminate. It just falls upon everybody. Think about the people upon whom the Spirit was being poured out here on the day of Pentecost. It's, it's being poured out upon the disciples, which at first, well, that, that makes sense, right? They've been taught by Jesus for three years, but you got to remember these are the kinds who even after three years of teaching uh, uh, abandoned him in his time of need. Uh, these are the guys who even after three years of teaching can't believe he's resurrected from the dead. And, and when they finally have to believe him just because they've seen him so many times, they still think he's going to do something limited, something earthly, reestablish the kingdom of Israel. Uh, think of their spokesman, He's a guy who denies that he even knew Jesus three times. These are, seem like the least likely people you'd want to pour out yeah. your grace and mercy <laughs> on. But even more so, who, who is Peter preaching to on that Pentecost day?
1: So he's preaching to, uh, he addresses the, the men of Israel, and he even accuses them as being the ones who put Jesus to death.
0: Yeah, so the very ones who crucified Jesus, that's the one he wants to pour his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness upon. Although again, you know, at the end of the sermon, you will not crucify the one God made, Lord in Christ. Again, you know, Peter says you need to repent, but always, only so that God can then pour out forgiveness, grace, salvation, mercy, eternal life, all the things that even at this very moment, he's pouring out upon all of our listeners. Um, any concluding thoughts, Matt?
1: Yeah, just uh, that that double meaning of pouring out. Yeah, the wrath of God poured out. No doubt about that, right? Scripture is clear. But also uh, that either, and I would say, greater pouring out then of the forgiveness, the mercy that's in the blood of Christ shed for us. Uh, the, the, that knowledge of salvation that's ours through the work of the Holy Spirit poured out for us. So, yeah, thanks for the, the different perspectives of pouring out.
0: Well, and and I like what you said, uh, the greater, because actually, yeah, that point out of of mercy and grace will actually undo everything that the wrath of God could have done. This has been Wrestling Wrestling with with the the basics. Basics.